Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neonothotep Kane of the Evening Chapter, and we rejoin our finale series, Back at the Miser House. We have a whole lot to get to tonight, but the first thing we're going to get to is introductions. So, to my right... This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I'm just praying I'm not going to die tonight. Yeah, keep praying. Uh, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I'm not going to die tonight. Uh, to Mr. Doyle's right. Uh, this is Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and I may die tonight, but someone's going with me. It's <laughs> a very positive outlook. Uh, to his right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and don't worry. I, I'll do my best to collect all of you, even if you die. <laughs> to the doctor's right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, I think after this, Jack Doyle and I will be on the same wavelength. I look forward to that conversation. Last one, most certainly not least. This is Alex. I'll be playing Simon Ranger, and uh, I've already died tonight, but uh, it seems it may happen again. Very good, very good. We rejoin Miss O'Shea and Lillian with their uh, trusty compatriot, Jack Doyle, as they're uh, creeping closer and closer to the fiery circle. They've been searching for the past few moments. There's eyes darting in and out of the brush and the tree line, searching desperately for one Edward Gavigan. They have yet to see him. The reverie continues in front of you. The bodies in their almost sickly sweet state, sweat-covered, begin fawning over each other. They dive into this rapturous orgy, still moving with the beat of this unforeseen drum, this mysterious pounding that's going on. It's difficult for you to process, Jack, because the beat begins to sink rhythmically with your blood pressure. And it's a little unnerving. Not that the orgy scene in front of you isn't strangely unnerving. As you continue forward, having slowly moved up and up and up, you can see that beyond them, nearby this black obelisk that has four people chained to it, one, Lord Henry Walters, one, the head receptionist at the Waldorf Astoria, one is a much, much more elderly woman, who you recognize. Simone's uh, landlord. landlord. Yes. The last one is a rather curious fellow. He's um, middling height, probably a little over five, three, five, four. Very long, almost tailored, long beard, gray. Uh, He seems to have some sort of 
strange outfit on. It's a series of thickened black robes. But these are much more ecclesiastical than they are um, cultish. He even has a, a hat. A strange, boxy-shaped hat. It's hard to place. Is it the guy from the ship? No. Mr. Wild? Mm-hmm. No. Not even close. I know who it is, but I'm not there, so I can't say. Fair enough. Uh, so what are the three of you doing? Damn it. This thing's been a trap from the very beginning. I agree. Gavigan's not out here. He's probably in the house. Hopefully they can handle that. I doubt it. Well, we should probably maybe free these people and head back to the house. Yeah, because if it's a trap and there's only two ways to go, we might as well just go right through them and I chamber around in the uh, Tommy gun. Reach back and pull the drum out and affix it to the front of the, the Tommy gun and then rack the slide. All right, I'm going to move off to the side here about 15 feet, All right? I'm gonna, When I open fire... You're going to open fire on these people? Yeah. Okay. What about the people that are chained up? Yeah. No, that's why I'm moving off so I can get them from uh, an angle, so I'm not firing directly across from the ob- into the obelisk. Uh, you have your, You have a rifle? I do. I'm going to then work on freeing the people at the obelisk. Okay, you're going to the obelisk. Yes. Very good. Jack, you're going for cover? Yeah, off the side so I can get a better angle. And then you, you the, I will draw the attention with the Tommy gun. You hit that you uh, start picking people off with a rifle. So let me give you all a bit of a mental picture. Bonfire in the center. Mm-hmm. Obelisk to the right. Mm-hmm. Right? The reverie is happening around the bonfire. Right. And so if you go to the left to begin to, to prepare to fire on them, you'll you'll be mostly clear, but you will have to make sure that... Like, you're basically going to have to cut off part of your firing arc. Right. Because you'll get potentially too close yeah. to them. Which is why I want to have uh, Miss Lane uh, picking people off probably from the right-hand side. Okay. Miss O'Shea, if you're, you're you're going straight over there, are you going to skulk your way there, or are you effectively just striding over? No, I'm going to go around the outside, like basically around the mass of people to the... Because I'm assuming it's like in a... kind of in a corner, right? Uh, it's in an... It's, there, it's a circular glen. There are no corners. Right. But, well, it's uh, off to the side of them. Yes, absolutely. And the bonfire. Yeah, so I'm going to go around the outside. Okay. Um, if you're attempting to if you're attempting to be at all covered, you're going to want to give me a stealth roll. Um, I don't think it's going to matter soon, so not necessarily. I'm just going to be quick about it. Okay. That's fair. If you're not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. Back to the house. Doctor, you get Simone up and get him moving at least ambulatory? You are up and around, but I cannot advise you making any serious or physical actions. You'll only make your condition worse. Mike, you had said that there was some oily stuff appearing on the ceiling? Yes. Is it what is it doing? Is it moving? Is it it's growing? just congealing, really. But it's like directly above us? Mm, roughly speaking, yeah. I will gesture to it again and um, begin kind of limping toward the door, the front door. Mm-hmm. Um, half leaning on, half pulling the doctor, like in that direction. 
in the direction of the door? Yeah. Okay. Doc offers no res- Doc offers no resistance. Um, you know, he's obviously not a, a man of combat, so heading outside seems like a fairly safe maneuver for him. So, yeah. Okay. The two of you head outside. Absolutely. You begin hearing the drumming, at least off in the distance again. It's rhythmic and tribal. Can I pinpoint the rough direction? Behind the house. Behind the house? Okay. Well, Simone, I must say, when it comes to surgery, I am fine. But something like this, I I am at a loss. I point at the car. Fair enough. Wait, which car? The fancy car? The, the there's, there was there's a Rolls. Oh, it's right? the only car. Yep, that's it. It's the only car that's here. I point at the car. Get me over there. I help him over to the car. Okay. How does this thing start? Well, why don't we ask Miss Lane how it starts? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I toss something in the bushes? You sure did. <laughs> so I don't you, think they know that. You well, would know. You probably saw. Oh, they might have. Yeah. I'll tell you. I what. didn't see. You didn't. You didn't, no, because you came from the back of the Dasher house. Dasher would have. Yep. Did I? I saw where yeah, she yeah. tossed it. Okay. Roughly speaking. I lean him up against the car. Don't move. I will be right back. And then I heat without explanation, shuffles over into the bushes. You find the starting crank here. Yeah. He brings it out, brings it back out and over to the front of the car, puts it in place. Yeah, do you want to drive or do you want to be a passenger? Yeah. I see. I will drive. Yeah. We must get ready to. Uh, I don't see anybody else, right? It's just us. It's just the two of you. Do we hear gunfire yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out well, where we are timeline. Why, why would you ask? I just. Well, I, 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 you know, honestly, it's not something that we usually have going on around us, but I thought I would check. Sure. So. All right. Well, I help him into the passenger seat because he's clearly in no condition to drive right now. Sure. Uh, and then I shuffle around to the front and give it a crank to, yeah. to ignite their, yeah, ignite the engine and turn it over. You get the engine started. Fantastic. Put it in neutral. Lawrence, you stumbled out of the back of the house. Weakened, but determined. Yep. So I, can I see the ritual going on? You can see fire there in the glen. It, it pe- peaks and pokes its way through the spaces between the trunks here. Do I see Gavigan? No. Uh, you, if he obviously would have would have gone this way, but perhaps he's got a step on you. Give me a hard spot hidden. Wall. That's a twenty-four under sixty-one. That's a hard. Is that him? You turn to the right just a little bit. And you see a form move, a dark form move between two trees, heading at a, at a strange angle, but heading towards that spot where there's a fire. I follow. Jack? Am I in position? You're getting there. Just let me know when I'm in position. Okay. Okay, Lawrence. You continue in that direction, stumbling a bit. You're a little off balance. And the pain hasn't lessened at all. But through the pain, you can feel something bodily pushing you to go on. And it's external. It's not internal. My crystal's in my breast pocket. Yep. Is it warm? Does it feel warm against my skin? It's not so much that it's warm. It's it's almost sizzling against your flesh. 
And as you reach up to your breast pocket, you realize that it's burned its way through the fabric of your skin, the fabric that's against your skin, Mm -hmm. and has now adhered itself into your flesh, just right over your heart. Doesn't matter right now. You continue on. Doctor, where are you taking the car? Is there a... There, is there anything in the car? If I'm sitting in the passenger seat, like, is there a... I don't know if there's a glove box or, like, some sort of anything in here. Yeah, the car yeah there's, there's, there's no glove box per se. There is a trunk, though, right? There is. I'm going to hit the trunk release latch. Should be an old mechanical one, like one of the pull. Okay. Kind of like they have for the front hoods now. Um, and then I look at Simone. I'll be right back. Hop out and go around to the back trunk, throw it open, and see what's inside. It's empty. Okay. Will Simone fit in here? I mean, if he had to. Okay, good. Just mental note. Okay, moving back around to the front of the car. <laughs> 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 this is ass awesome, in the trunk. <laughs> in the boot. In the boot. Hop back in, sit down, uh, and then reverse and start pulling the car around towards the back of the house. Okay. I keep the front headlights off. Going slow, I imagine? Oh, yes. Okay. Creeping, creeping along. I'm, I'm going to forego making you have a drive auto roll at the moment. Excellent. Uh, Miss O'Shea? Yes? You head towards the obelisk. Having gone through a bit of the brush here, through some of the smaller trees, and you arrive at the obelisk. Now, this obelisk, again, 12 feet tall, and you can see that it's been detailed very heavily. It's been etched with symbols, many of the same symbols you saw on the flesh of the people in the basement, many of the same symbols that you see. Well, you can confirm that that's not paint on them. That's blood uh, on the revelers here who are continuing to have their way with each other there in front of the fire. And you arrive at the obelisk and the people who are chained. Most of them look at you pleading for their lives. Sir Henry Walters looks aghast. The prisoners, to be clear, are cuffed with these iron chains and they're gagged as well. They've been stripped of any decency as well. Do they... Are the um, cuffs keys? Like, do I need a key for it? Or... You would need a key for it, yeah. Or you would need probably Jack Doyle's gun. I don't even know if I have lock picking. Yeah, I have a one in it. Yeah, just like everybody else, except, well, certain people. Yeah. So the uh, the older woman looks over at you, uh, continuing to, to plead. She makes some rather muffled sounds as shakes the chain that she's attached to. They are chained over their heads, to, to be clear. So there's no slack in them at all. Are they, like, hooked? To be clear, the chains end at a simple um, piece of iron that has been driven into the top of this obelisk. Okay. The only way to, be, to remove them would be, safely, would be to have the key. The only There are many unsafe ways to remove them, potentially, I guess I'll um, begin by removing gags, but other than that... Okay. Are you going for um, Sir Walters first? Yeah. You, you, have to, you have to get us out of here. Miss O'Shea, you have to get... I, I apologize for our state, but 
He, they, the cult that came for us. I don't have a key right now. I have to wait for Mr. Doyle to unlock your cuffs. So you have to give me time. There's something coming. Oh, we know. Can you hear it? I can't hear it, but I know what's here. Jack, you get to cover. All right. Take aim as best I can. Sure. Not a lot of aim going on in the, with the Tommy gun. You take aim at the first pair of people. And you make a micro calculation in your head. And you resolve that these people are far beyond gone. And you have a duty. And you pull the trigger. Yep. So 17 under 25. Okay, 17 under 25. So the way this is going to work with a Tommy gun in my Call of Duty universe <laughs> is... So you roll the 17. Right. Under a 25, which is 8. Mm-hmm. So you could hit at maximum four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a machine gun. Right. Since I, I'm not particularly skilled with it, I'm doing more of the uh, spray hose down the... Uh... Spray and pray? Yeah. Very good. So what I'd like you to do is roll the Tommy gun's damage. The Thompson does 1d10 plus 2. Okay. So you can use it once or on full auto. No, full um, auto, of course. Right, which is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, go ahead and roll 1d10 plus 2. And that damage four will times. apply to four... No, the damage oh, okay. will apply to right. four targets. All right. Better roll high. Yes, 11 points. Okay. Um, so everyone here locally, in some way, shape, or form, begins to hear the very well-known staccato beat of a Thompson submachine gun. It is unmistakable. It rings inside of your ears. Can I react to this? Yeah, absolutely. I will give the doctor kind of like a half-dazed, bloody smile. I will reach into my boot and extract my knife, and I'm going to slam my foot down on the accelerator and flip the lights on my other hand. Aren't you in the passenger seat? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a huge division between the two. That's it's a true. bench, man. That's true. So you're so going to reach over and foot. step on my so foot? So okay. Now, the lights so, on. <laughs> so you're going to now make a drive roll, Doctor. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> That's good because I have the base 20 in it. So this is, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Do you guys remember, um, was it the Rescuers? Yes. Uh, yeah, this is going to be totally that. Uh, yeah, 71 over 20. I was not at all expecting you to slam on the accelerator. <laughs> Can I, um, I don't want to push it, but I kind of want to push it because I don't want to go out of crazy and just drive into the wall. No, I won't push it. I'll, I'll, I'll relax for a moment and assume that Simone has something <laughs> resembling a plan here. He mashes kind of down on your foot with his foot. And this gray ghost comes to life. This beautiful... Roaring six-cylinder monster. <laughs> they're gonna say what they're gonna do to this car. And even though there is a failed drive roll here on the table, the hand of fate simply just not gonna allow that to happen. Oh, fantastic! You drive arrow straight back towards this oncoming bonfire. We'll say that my shock locks my arms up and keeps it going absolutely straight. <laughs> fantastic. Thank you, Hand of Fader. I, I begin cackling. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Lillian, 
Jack begins firing. What are you doing? I am, I guess, doing what he told me to do. I'm, I'm covering him. And, you know, if any, I mean, do people start running or what? Or are they still dancing because they don't hear? It has literally just happened. Oh. People don't react that fast to gunshots. Well, Jesus Christ. Most people, <laughs> when they hear a gunshot, they stop. And there's usually like two or three seconds of that kind of deer in a headlights. Like, yes. oh. These people who are around you have not given a care to what has happened to the people who have been shot. In fact, almost sickeningly, the people who have been shot are continuing to be enjoyed by the people who are still alive. Well, it makes Jack's job a lot easier. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing anything because nobody's running. Okay. You're going to just hold there? I'm. I'm so I'm going to shoot somebody off the chain to help with the, at the obelisk. The iron chain is easily seen. Okay. It's easy to sight. I guess the question is... is I need to get closer, though, because I'm not going to... Well, how far away from it's it? It's a rifle. Yeah. Well, it's meant for range. It's at most 30 yards. Okay. Just don't botch. See, look at you. <laughs> and the range and the range on that rifle is 110. Yeah, so. you're, okay. you're well within okay. range for that rifle. So yeah, I'm gonna just aim high. If I hit if I hit the very top of the like near the top of the obelisk, because do all the chains go up or how mm-hmm. does it? No. So basically, think of it like a crossbeam, right, out of the top of the obelisk, and each on each facing of the top of the obelisk, there is an iron bar, right, that the chain is connected to. And down this chain, it eventually comes to two cuffs where these uh, unfortunate souls have been cuffed. So if I shoot the top of the chain of one of the people, one of the prisoners first, are they chained at the feet too? No. Okay. I just want to make sure they're not going to fall on their face too hard. All right. Um, so who's the? who can I see first? Uh, you can see an older gentleman. He's probably about six foot or so. Now keep in mind, all the subjects that are at the obelisk have been... They're naked. They are all naked. Except for the one in the robes and the hat. Right, exactly. So is this... Which one am I doing? The naked dude? Uh, You have the naked dude or the naked older lady. Alright, we'll we'll start with the naked guy. Okay. So that's a rifle roll? Mm Mm-hmm. It sure is. So sorry if you don't. Um, I got a 57 out of 65. Okay. I'm going to say that you can hit the obelisk with it, but hitting the chain is probably a hard rifle roll. Uh, So roll damage. I got a 14. 14, very good. Miss Ashe, you hear a rifle. Not only do you hear the machine gun, but there's now another weapon that comes in, and the top of the obelisk takes a huge hit. And stone showers... All over the uh, prisoners here, and yourself, by the way. Um, I guess I uh, cover. <laughs> uh, where are you covering in the bushes? Well, I meant like put my hands over my head, you know, try oh, okay. and duck out of the way. You put your hands over your head, and you probably reflexively turn away because you're trying to not get showered with stones. Right. Pick up one of the people and use them as cover. As you do, the fire goes out in a simple whoosh. And now the only light here are the oncoming lights of a car. There's the streaming light of oncoming headlights are arriving. And when you come back up from covering from the showering stonework, Miss O'Shea, a very dark figure is in front of you. Humanoid figure? Yep. 
I will uh, get my knife ready. Okay, you go to pull your knife. And you hear, are you sure you want to do that? I have much to teach you. Is that Gavigan's voice? Make me a power roll. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, power, we'll get to proper initiative in a second because I got to deal with the car now. 63 out of 65. So. I, remember, I still have that symbol on my head. I hope it helps. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> Crossing fingers. The figure reaches a hand out to you and it gestures uh, towards you with the fingers kind of grip in a rather menacing intent and you feel your throat start closing. Okay, can I act? Yeah, absolutely. Can I cut his hand off? You can make a fighting brawl roll. Okay, well, attempt to cut his hand off. The best you can do technically is make a fighting brawl roll and attempt to do damage. Yeah, well, two out of 42. Two out of 42, eh? That's pretty good. That's an impale. It's a bladed weapon. Yes. Okay, so I assume that you are going to be using the knife. Yes. That mm-hmm. you have recovered. The knife, yes. So, roll damage. Five. Okay, now make a hard power roll. Nope, I fail. You slice him up his arm, and when you slice kind of backhanded at his arm to try to cut at the hand that has uh, it's, it's raised out towards you, the knife digs in, and as it does, you can see the the serrated almost teeth of this come alive and try to try to chew into his wrist and up his forearm. It, it does not work. It doesn't seem to grab. Uh, in fact, as the blade runs across his skin, it simultaneously both opens and closes like a fresh zipper. What the hell? All right, now I would like to get some initiative orders. Just as a reminder, for those of you who have weapons that are guns, for those of you who have guns pulled out, your initiative is 50 points higher because you have a loaded fire, a readied firearm. So Lillian's actually 140, and Jake is actually 110. The fire is out previously to this combat turn. And so because Jack and Lillian are in the area and were especially, more especially you, Miss Lane, you were focused on that area. I'm going to give you both hard difficulty spot hidden rolls to see that there's been another person that's come. Because the light from the doctor's conveyance is not yet bright enough to really illuminate the area. Yes, that's 2298. Okay. No, 92, sorry. Okay. 56 out of 88. Okay. That's not a hard roll. But Jax is. Jax, you would notice that someone has appeared at the far end by that that big monolith. They're a rather tall form. You can make some assumptions based off of that. You have no confirmation that that's Edward Gavigan yet. But you know someone else is there because Miss O'Shea turned and then she seemed to lunge in that direction as the fire went out. So something's going on over there. Uh, and based off of that information, it's Lillian to start us. All right. I guess I'm going to try shooting the chain again on the obelisk. Okay, so you're going to be shooting from memory, because it's dark now. Oh, it's dark. So that will make it a hard difficulty roll. I mean, yes, but no, I'm not going to do that then. (laughs) Okay. Um, I, since it's dark, I want to get closer to the obelisk. Okay. 
So you'll have to weave your way a little bit towards there. You weren't probably too terribly far off. It's 30 yards, as last last mentioned. Yeah, my move rate is 8. Yeah, so you can probably cover most of that distance, give or take. Are there people in my way and stuff, too? Only, like, blood-covered, orgy-filled people. Who are, by the way, continuing lights on or lights off to... And they're so they're ignoring me? With reckless abandonment. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to shoot them. Unlike some people. He's just doing his job, I know right? He is. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move towards the, closer to the obelisk. Okay, you move closer to the obelisk. Um, you can still kind of make out some of the shapes. The the light that's coming behind you is helping, but it's just not here yet. Okay. Jack. All right, so they're not moving at all. I mean, the people aren't reacting. They don't seem to have moved. All right. Well, that's this pointless is shooting them right now. As a soldier, you would know you don't necessarily want to just waste bullets by spraying right. into a dark yeah. area. You could be hit, you could hit anybody. Right. That's dangerous. So I'm going to move towards the obelisk because okay. I know somebody else is over there and it looks like there's probably some kind of altercation going on. Sure. But I will have the uh, Tommy gun up and ready. Absolutely. All right, so you move in that direction as well. Simone? So we are humming along. Mm-hmm. Now you'll be there next round. <laughs> I will uh, roll the window down. And I will kind of, I guess I will calmly unsling the the rifle. I have a bad arm, right? You do. So I will use the, uh, the door frame and I'll kind of like shoulder, I'll put my shoulders back to where the doctor is. Mm-hmm. And I'll just kind of line it up so that I can use the window to brace. Or the okay. door frame, anyway. Um, and I will sight along the lights based on, like, what we can see. Um, and if I see someone that is not one of us, I'm going to fire my weapon. So, given that you have lights, next round you'll be able to make a hard spot hidden roll. Sure. To see if you uncover anybody. Maeve. And it is now really dark here, and now you don't know where to go with that knife. I can't see him at all? Well, it's pitch black here in the forest now. Okay. So your strike, your last strike happened basically as the as the lights were going out, you quickly stabbed out at him. But but now you're you're going to be I don't, don't want to say st- making a stab in the dark, but that's essentially what you'd be doing. Well, I'm still going to step forward and swing, and if I have to, I'm going to try and find a way to funnel magic points into this dagger. Oh, nope. Nope. I stabbed myself, actually. That's 100 out of 42. Wow. So you swing at where you think he is. And you feel a hand clasp around your wrist and rip the dagger from it. And that's your action. The doctor and Lawrence go on the same initiative score. But I think given the timeline, I'm going to give this action to to Lawrence, if I may. So, Lawrence, you were following this light and you were getting through the brush and the tree lines as best as you can. You had just nearly gotten there when the light gets snuffed out. And on your... to your left, you see a pair of streaking headlights. 
and you can see them coming upon this scene. Are they headed right for me? Not for you directly, but they okay. are headed towards the area. They're about... You, you're probably about 10 feet from the path that they're going to be driving down. Did I still see Gavigan? Mm, no. He slipped into the darkness. And depending upon what happens with the doctor's uh, conveyance, we could make a judgment call based then. I will head in the direction that the lights will be passing me by go. Okay, so you're gonna are you gonna go out into the path or are you gonna continue in that direction where you think the lights are going? I'm gonna continue in the direction where the lights are going, and I'm going to pull my gun. Okay. So um as is required, Doc, um you need to make me a drive roll. Fantastic. I got a twenty out of twenty. Well, fantastic. Excellent. Uh you keep churning along on this broken, you know, path uh, through the woods. This is definitely not a road. Nope. This is definitely not a street. Uh, and as the acceleration continues to go, you begin to get a little bit more excited. Uh, the doc also, uh, as I heard Simone was, was laughing, the doctor also finding it contagious begins to chuckle, uh, grabs his doctor's bag and slides it closer to him. Uh, and it takes a whiff of Well, there's something in it that he has used in situations like this many a time before. Something he has come to depend on and something that he loves dearly. Where's ether. this ether at? Here <laughs> <laughs> we go. There it is. Fantastic. All right. He takes one deep breath as he drops the accelerator all the way to the floor. Very good. Uh, so at the beginning of the next round, light hits the bonfire area. Doc. You and Simone see the aforementioned orgiastic scene in all of its glory. Even in your um, history of reading medical texts, you were not prepared for the things that you are seeing humans do to one another. Yeah, wow. That is, uh, I didn't even know that fit in there. Okay. As light bathes over the bonfire scene, several things are illuminated. On the far left-hand side, the revelers are reveling. On the far right-hand side, the monolith is still up with its various people who have been captured. Beyond the monolith, kind of obstructed by both the stone and the people who are nearby, there is a very tall man who is locked in near-physical combat with Maeve. And... He has, in his right hand and in his left hand, he has both of his scepters. As the light from the headlights come in, eight distinct figures fall from the sky. Eight silhouettes of pure darkness fall on the scene. These look very familiar, Simone. The thing that bit me? No, sir. Oh. The tall, bat-like that thing. Eight of those things. Yes. And you hear, high on the air, you hear, come and meet the Pharaoh's children. So Lillian, on 140, because you haven't left your rifle back at the campsite, you still have it, what are you doing? Do I see Gavigan now? You do. Um, You now see Gavigan and a bunch of these things 
cascading down from the sky. He's going to have some cover because Maeve is right next to him. So whatever rifle shot you make. How close am I to him? Oh, um, at this point, probably close. You're probably within, say, five meters. Am I able to take a, a barrel and run at him? Yeah, absolutely. To, to knock him down. You want to? Sure. Because I don't want to shoot with Maeve right there. You can absolutely. And I'd rather take him by surprise because. That's a brawl roll. It went up a little bit after my training with Jack, so. You're welcome. Thank you. I got an 11 out of 34. Okay. Boom. Well, I'm going to make a fighting back roll. Because I get to do that. Knocked on my ass. Actually, um, I'm just going to spend some luck. Because I can do that, too. I mean, his back wasn't to me? I would say his side, for the most part, yeah. You had a perfectly clean shot at him. And right before you get to him, you get intercepted. By? A creature. Shit. And so you get intercepted by a cloak of darkness. Do I get to dodge that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Oh, that's a 100. <laughs> I'm going to die. And the, the critical failure there helps a ton. Thanks. You get wrapped up in what feels like a cloak of leather. And it is slimy and oily. And you feel two taloned hands grab you, like by the shoulders. And you feel yourself propelled into the air. Uh, and as you do, two more appendages grab onto your midsection and then run themselves down the outside of your hips and legs as the appendages begin to tickle you. I'm not sure if I would call it tickling. I'm going to have you roll sanity. Oh. 38 for sanity. Well, fans, it was nice knowing you all. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. All right, I get a 22 out of 38. Hey, look at you. You don't lose any sanity. Sweet. Although. I start to like them tickling me. No, you feel <laughs> degraded and humiliated yeah. and all sorts of just really just writhing, terrible, crawling emotions. Roll, start, me a, roll me a D4. I start dry heaving a little bit. Two. Um, so you feel a little disoriented and you feel a little concerned as your the, the wonderful pair of trousers and, and you've been you've been using for forever here uh, begin to slowly get ripped into by these clawed appendages. I'm so glad I'm wearing underwear. Am I still holding my rifle? Well, give me a luck roll. That was a, that was a critical failure. Give me a luck roll and we'll see if you're still hanging on to that rifle. So many moments. Oh, for, yeah, I have a 10. You have a 10. Very good. You hang on to the rifle. Thank God. So right now, you hang on to the rifle, but um, at the moment, for the next couple of rounds, you're going to be um, paralyzed a bit by all of the tickling. Simone, give me your action. So with the light on the scene, did, I mean, did we witness the, we saw these things come down, right? Oh, yes. And did we see um, Lily get snatched up? Oh, yes. Ah, I will pluck you. I will pluck your head. I'm going to pluck its head. Okay, fire. Prattle this. 
That is an extreme success, 13 out of 70. Okay, so it's a rifle, so it impales. Nice. Which means you do double damage. Nice. It's 2d6 plus 4, 14, 28. Et la So there is a crack of a rifle. And all of a sudden, Miss Lane, you are falling. Am I able to adjust myself so I can fall in a way that's not going to hurt me, like, Um, terribly? Are you you, a cat? I could be. Normally, I might give you a dexterity roll, but the fact that you've been hit with a paralytic effect for the next two rounds, I'm going to say no, which means uh, you will fall six meters and hit the ground. That's not too good. Roll damage. Um, No, I'll take care of it. I appreciate that. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll be just fine. It's only a story and a half. You'll you'll be fine. Right. Take five damage, Miss Lane. That's a hell of a shot, Doctor. That was impressive. So, Jack, on 110. I will turn to the nearest shadowy form Mm -hmm. and light it up. Very good. That is only a 24, but it is. Yep. 24 yep. On, on a successful Tommy gun roll, so go ahead and uh, line up the next, then go ahead and roll damage. D10, right, plus two? D10 plus two, yep. <laughs> Shit. Three. Jack, the fates are going to add five damage to that roll. Yep, eight. You fire off a few rounds towards one of these black shadows, and it curls and seems to make like an S a bit on the ground as it's trying to recover. The sinister thing about it is there is no sound from it. And as you look closer and closer at this creature, you realize that it's featureless on its face. No mouth, no eyes, no nose. And you can roll sanity. I make it barely. Okay, you don't take any sanity loss. That would be Miss O'Shea next. Okay. Now, how many creatures are there still? Um, so there are six that you can readily see. And, ow, it looks like Lillian just fell out of the sky. Okay. Then what I'm going to do is I am going to put the monolith between... Like, I'm assuming I only have to step back a little ways to put the monolith between me and Gab again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to grab my scepters and start, because I can only start casting Contact Serpent Servitor. Okay. You grab up the scepters. You realize that the way to get this creature here is that you have to call it. And it's at that point panic hits you because your throat is still swollen from whatever... Gavigan did you. I will rip my throat open. I don't care (laughs) at this point. Wonderful. So I want you to make me a hard power roll. 28 out of 65. That is a hard success. You find a way to begin verbalizing. And you know, even as a professional singer for many years, that you're actively destroying part of that wonderful vocal range that you have. But you start. And within moments you find 
the breath and the will to continue. And you stand with those scepters, drawing from the energy that they give you and the energy in this place. And you know it's only a matter of time before it arrives. Yep, I need his help. Mr. Forsyth. I can see Gav again? Yeah, absolutely. Three shots. Okay, go for it. Uh, first shot is a 47 out of 66. Okay. Second shot is an aught five. Okay. Third shot is a 14. All right, so damage and then impale and then damage. First damage, nine. Mm-hmm. Impale, 16. Last damage, four. Okay. You rip off three shots. He's in a position where he's preparing to to turn on Miss O'Shea at some point, and your bullets start hitting him. Uh, And you can see him moving to the right from the reaction of the shots. He spins around from the sheer force of the weaponry. And you can see in the oncoming car light, which is almost here. The auto light is almost here. Uh, You can see down the side of his exposed robe now, you can see a a fresh red sheen of blood. That's your action. Doctor? How close is the car now to the grove? Oh, look, you're here. Oh, fantastic. Oh, my God, bodies. Oh, okay. Uh, We're going to hit the brakes with uh, both feet. Okay. Why don't you give me a strength roll? Okie doke. To see if you can stop the car in time. Gotcha. Uh, That is a 14 under 55, so that is a hard success. Um, You have to grab the wheel, and you have to literally stand on the brakes. Okay. You can smell them hook as you slow the conveyance, and there's this chop, significant chop, as the car shudders. And it's just barely enough to not collide with this ring of people. But you're here. I'm looking for it, Simone. You have arrived at your destination. Elizers and the wings. All right. <laughs> uh, Miss Lane, you would normally get an action at the top of the round. However, you are still paralyzed. Okay. Um, the tickling sensation of this creature, even though it has... The physical nature of it has gone, is still running around your nerve endings, and you're just trying to pull yourself together as best you can. Simone. And as is, I uh, relieve one of these creatures of their wings now. Okay. Lucky for me, the 303 Manfield holds 10 rounds. Indeed, it does. Alica Blam! Three out of 70, that's an extreme success. It is. <laughs> wow. That's your second impale in a row? Yes. Jeez. All right, roll damage, sir. 7, 11, 22. You drop another one. Oh. I smile at the doctor. Jack? So this one's writhing on the ground, kind of? Yeah, it um, does. looks pretty worse for wear. I'm going to uh, butt stroke it. 46 under 75 for fighting brawl. Yeah. Uh, roll D6. That Thompson's heavy. Yeah. And any strength bonus you might have. Six. Do you have a, do you have a damage? No, damage? I don't. Okay. Um, you hammer this thing, uh, and you feel, even through the, the the swirling 
and darkness that radiates out of its oily flesh. Uh, you strike bone and sinew, and there is a significant crunch when it finally gives way, and it flops over. There are five left. Speaking of, the car is descended upon by darkness, which hammers the hood, shattering the lights. Like something lands on it? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Fantastic. I think something lands on it. Give me a luck roll, Doctor. Alrighty. That is a four. Very good. Yeah. It it hits one side of the car Mm -hmm. and shatters the lights, but fails to completely destroy the other side of the headlights. Excellent. I still need that little bit of light to figure out what I'm doing here. Indeed. Uh, That said, though, uh, another one lands on the back of the car. And you can feel the whoop as this additional weight hits the back. Jack? Did I just go? You did. Oh, something's, okay. All right. something's coming towards you, sir. The way you said it, it sounded like a question. So <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, Jack, are you ready to get pounced down, Jack? <laughs> I'm fighting back. You are. Go right ahead. Ahead, 21 under 75. That's an 8. Under. It's enough to um, connect with you, sir. Sure, is it tickle time for Jack? Hmm. I don't think this feels like tickles. I'm sure we'll get around to another chance for you, uh, Miss Lane. Don't worry. <laughs> when he says tickles, I imagine it like if if you woke up and somebody had put like a handful of earthworms on you. How that would tickle, but yeah. kind of, but not in like a. Well, actually, the the creatures, um, its appendages have little claws, and so when it tickles, it's like imagine someone trying to play the flute on your skin with a hard, you know, tapping fingernails, and those fingernails are really like almost like claws that kind of tap, 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 tap. tap. That just makes me mad. Oh. Well, yeah, he's not trying to make it better. <laughs> <laughs> you misunderstand the description, I uh, think. Jack, Jack, it gets past your guard, and it doesn't seize on you. It rips up the right-hand side of your coat, uh, and when it does so, it pierces through the fabric and rips into you for three points of damage. Okay. Uh, you can see that there's another one here that is seeming to circling towards you. It hasn't come down yet. Lawrence. I can still see him? Not, not yet, sir. No, no, my turn. Mm. Many, many hands make light work. Um, would you like a dodge or fighting brawl roll? You get one or the other. I would like a fighting brawl. I can appreciate that. 57 under 64. Okay. Uh, it has you, so it will grab you up and leap into the sky. I would like you to make a luck roll to hold on to your weapon. Be a lady. <sighs> 16 over 14. The gun falls. You are seized. You get a very similar feeling, although for you, the seizing feeling of being grabbed by one of these creatures is not... There's no potential overtones of tickles here. This is fierce. This is like a, 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 you envision like a raptor grabbing something. Mm. It is very uncomfortable. 
uh, and they're going to deal you some damage because that's what they get to do. So take three points of damage. <laughs> and uh, you're in the air. Eight, eight meters in the air. If I fall, I'm dead. I know. Don't fall. Well. Hang on to your life. Okay, um, so the car can't make a roll like that, but everybody else in the car can. So why don't those of you in the car make me a dexterity roll? 31 under 55, sir. That's a failure. It's a 96 under 75. Oof, what is happening? A bolt of lightning is hitting the car. Wow. Oh, can I have to push? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, it's a 75. So, for those of you who succeeded, if you would like to flee the car, you have the opportunity to do so. I'm going to grab my bag and step out of the car. You're going to roll out. This well, is, roll out. This yeah. is, imagine, like a reflex save. We're stopped, right? You are stopped, thanks to the doctor's handy footwork. Then I right. wrap myself around my bag and roll out. Okay. Um, which, uh, did the windows get blown out when these things landed? Yes. But you already had your window down. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, yeah, I'll just close the window. Okay. Uh, so, at the far end, near this massive obelisk, the two raised scepters of Edward Gavigan come together in a massive crack. And when they do, a bolt of lightning appears in the sky, travels down into the scepters, and directly into the car. Those of you who fled the car take three points of damage. Isn't there something that, like, pulpies can do to, like, resist damage or something like that? Mm, resist damage? If you have um, tough guy, yep. I mean, am I just taking damage from, like, jumping out of the car? You're taking damage from the lightning bolt exploding all over the car. Okay. Having not, if you had missed the dex roll, you, I would have applied 23 points of damage to you. All right, well, I'm out. Seems fair. Yes. Um, so the car is the car is scorched um, and it's now on fire I'm, I'm really disappointed in what's happening to this car I'm, I'm just saying. hoping we get kept a hand on it you know right like a hand of fate mm. no no we used a hand of fate on that bad boy <laughs> I'm not doing that um, so that was them so it should be Lawrence's turn in desperation I reach into my pocket okay I equip my brass knuckles, and I punch this thing. I love it. Go He's not paralyzed. He's not because it, it has not. It did not choose. It didn't choose to tickle him. Oh. They don't always do it. They don't. They dislike me. Well, who doesn't? I know. Uh, so you swing, and you hit this thing, but you're just not used to fighting without the use of your left arm. And when you hit it, it, it seems to glance off of it. <sighs> Doctor, I sit up, put my hand in my bag, mm -hmm. and pull out the other thing that has come to I have come to rely on for my medical bag. Oh, Betty! Oh, yeah. It is far too dark, and the fact that these things make darkness. Oh, yeah. That one on the hood that's like right next to me. Yep. Funt. Nice. <laughs> All right. So aim and fire. Yep. That is a. Fourteen under twenty. Okay, so roll me one d ten. Nine. Baby. Very good. You 
fire, and there's an immediate report from the barrel. As a a red-hot magnesium flare heads out and blossoms all over the front of this darkened creature, and you get a full-on look in the flames and in the heat, and oh my god, it doesn't have a face, there's no nose, there's no teeth, there's no eyes. What in God's name is this? Die a natural thing. That is a 27 under my 52, so for sanity. You fail to lose any sanity Fantastic. at this point. Fantastic. Oh, but it, it does burn, so that's, you know, that's com- comforting to me. <laughs> very good, very good. So the flames, for those of you who are, like Miss Lane, now recovering, those like Mr. Forsyth who are far above, you see this gout of flare and, and flame go off. And for you, Jack, it's very advantageous because for a brief respite, it lights up the battlefield enough to where you think you're going to be able to hone in on a very tall man far, far across the battlefield. But for that, we're going to have to wait for next week. Boom. And so thank you so much for joining us for our finale series of Masks of Nualatep, our England chapter. Thank you so much to our backers and our supporters and those of you who cast the hand of fate recently. So we look forward to entertaining you next week.